Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. It's wonderful to have a chance to have the man behind the curtain of this show, uh, Dr. Bruce Elsie, to be on the air with me. Dr. Elsie has been an incredible supporter of the work that I do to educate and inspire cat owners to know how to be great cat parents, how to keep their cats in the litter box, since out-of-litter box problems are the number one reason that people discard or give up on their kitties. But most importantly, at this time of the year, it's because Dr. Elsie and his wife, Kathy, give an enormous amount of money to the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation because she is living with the disease, but also because they're philanthropic people. So right now, through the end of February, anytime you need litter or stock up early, you get and get a $3 off coupon. It's on my website, Radio Pet Lady dot com under sponsors or under the Dr. Elsie's page or just go to Dr. Elsie's. So you get a $3 off coupon and for every person who cashes in one of those coupons, Dr. Elsie gives $3 to the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. So there's a massive amount of money potentially that can go towards finding a treatment. Well, there are treatments, but actually a cure for this disease. Bruce Elsie, it's wonderful to have you here and to know that your philanthropy continues unabated, even in, well, perhaps particularly in stressful, challenging economic times. It's quite a lot of money that you have given over the years, and I know you don't like to brag, but can I give you a moment to brag how much money you've been able to raise? <laughs> it's important that people understand that a company can do incredible things with a campaign and still be a very successful, viable company. So what is that number? Yeah. It's in the millions, right? Yeah, it's right in the $14, 15000000 million range, actually. Which, wow. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, <clears throat> It is pretty amazing that we've been blessed uh, enough to be able to do that over the years. But like you say, when my wife was diagnosed, that was back in 2009 with multiple myeloma, uh, the five-year survival at that time was around 23%, I believe. Ouch. 
And now it's up in the 40% range, uh, which is huge, but yet there's still obviously uh, a lot more that needs to be done. And so we felt early on that we wanted to try and do something uh, to facilitate finding a cure for multiple myeloma, not only multiple myeloma, but pretty much all cancers. Uh, so it's something that we just have a real passion for and we've been blessed to be able to be in that position. Well, I guess the thing we have to point out a couple of things is you put yourself in that position. You don't have to be, uh, you know, Warren Buffett or Bill Gates or any of Jeff Bezos to give away your hundreds of millions in order for people to make a difference. I mean, I think that's the important thing. You don't have to have a coffer so deep that you can just empty out part of it and say here, which is great when people do that, but that a company can say, here's a, a month or two months or three months where we want you to participate with us in giving back to the health community or whatever community it may be. Maybe it's, you know, a a shelter for for women, children, and and animals. But I just think it's important to know that anyone listening, if you work for a company or you own a company, it's a way to start a dialogue with them about what matters to you because philanthropy can, can start with $3. And if enough people do the $3 thing and the people buying Dr. Elsie's litters, precious cat litters, you don't have to give any money. You actually get a discount of $3. So you don't have to feel really proud of yourselves, but you can feel really proud that you doing that stimulates Dr. Elsie to not only give you $3 off, but to give an additional $3 to multiple myeloma research. Bruce, when you when you said all cancers, that of course you're, if you will, selfishly interested for Kathy's sake and all the many people you've met living with multiple myeloma, but also for all cancers. Can you talk as a a doctor and a medical man about how research on one cancer helps move the ball down the field, if you will, for all cancers, even though these smaller, more rare cancers are considered the orphans of research? In fact, the research that Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation has done has moved the needle a lot for other kinds of cancers too. Can you talk about how the disease, while it can be specific in the way that it attacks a body, that all of it needs to be understood as the big C? Well, exactly, Tracy. And, uh, you know, I have to qualify that by saying that uh, certainly I'm no cancer researcher. No. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you know, I think that probably one of the bigger things that's come along in recent years is CAR T-cell uh, therapy, where uh, researchers are using your own immune system to fight the cancer. And so that has really been great because you don't have a lot of the side effects that you might get with chemotherapy, right? which historically has been pretty grim. Uh, My wife got a stem cell transplant and got enough chemotherapy to wipe out her, uh, pretty much her bone marrow. And coming back from that was quite challenging and then losing your hair and all that. So everybody knows that scenario, but it's a difficult time. And, uh, 
so if we can hit upon cancer therapies, which are not so invasive and really call up your own body's immune system to fight the cancer, then that's just a wonderful step forward. It's a totally different way of looking at cancer. Uh, the, the amazing book, The Emperor, the Emperor of All Maladies, which studied, the, the author studied how cancer had been seen, treated, and dealt with from the beginning of human history, really shows how many people were sacrificed as, call it pawns, call it guinea pigs, in the process of doctors trying to figure out how to conquer this killer cancer, this killer disease, I should say, cancer being the disease, and that while it's different in different people, as it's different in different animals, I mean, we can speak, you know, glancingly about the fact that cats get very little cancer and dogs get quite a lot of cancer. All of it needs to be looked at together, which is why even research on cancer in dogs and cats is has benefited people. I think that the, the, the idea of toxicity, of doing chemo, which is brutal, I mean, it kills everything while trying to kill the bad cells, is so different than this much more evolved way of thinking of how to eliminate them internally with your own, your own DNA, your own cells. I mean, it's so different. And that's a breakthrough that Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation made pretty early on, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think that they certainly have facilitated that whole research going forward. Uh, I think that uh, they certainly have been at the forefront of uh, supporting all that. I think maybe the original researcher was from Penn State. I might be mistaken in that. But it's been something that's evolved, and certainly the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation has been right in the middle of that. So it's been wonderful to see uh, that transpire over the years, and hopefully it will be the silver bullet, yes. so to speak. Yes, uh, But, um, you know, unfortunately, there's an awful lot that needs to be done yet still, uh, at 40% survival at five years, uh, that's not a great prognosis. Although my wife, Kathy has, uh, she's leaning on the miracle side, quite frankly, right. since she was diagnosed in 2009. So, you know, I think that there's those outliers, but by and large, uh, the majority of people that, uh, Get multiple myeloma, it's uh, a very tough road to hoe for sure. And I guess the other point, point of this conversation is to give people a sense of hope, not false hope or empty hope, but I remember we were already working together when she was diagnosed, and I remember seeing a photo that you shared of the two of you and your grown, handsome sons going on a trip, and it really felt to me, I don't know if it felt that way to you, it's like, oh my God, they're taking sort of like one last family vacation because 20% was a death sentence, pure and simple. You know, why call it anything else? And the man that I work with in film distribution for the Dog and Cat Film Festival, the Cat Film Festival existing literally solely because 
of your company and of Gina Zaro and you saying, yeah, make it, make a cat film festival. Why should the dog people only have one? He's living with um, a, a rare kind of cancer with also a quote unquote dreadful survival rate, but he's living his life and he adopted a dog and he went to Turkey even during COVID wearing full, you know, coverage. So you can still live a life. And I, I think that so many people are living with cancer, so many families, because it affects everyone, obviously, not just the patient, that it's important to know that there, there's hope. And, you know, I guess you have to say to people, if you can have the courage to withstand the treatment, whatever it may be at the time, do it, because you just don't know what's coming down the pike next week, next month, when there's a new clinical trial or a new breakthrough. I mean, don't you think that the devastating idea of 20% or 40% sounds really, really pretty awful? I mean, you could see people just giving up, right? Well, yeah, but you're absolutely correct. I mean, there are uh, new discoveries happening, uh, and I fully expect that there's going to be some really significant breakthroughs in the not too distant future, you know, and I think that we do have to just, um, you know, keep on keeping on and, uh, as difficult as it may seem. And of course, kind of, uh, along those same lines, I think that people need to be aware of how important their pets are yes, and helping them through yeah. those really difficult times, uh, as you're well aware of that. But, but I, th but uh, I think on our website we have a, a share your story oh, actually, right. and you can share your story as to how your cat uh, has helped you during these really difficult times. And we've got some really great stories on there on uh, dr com that I think people would really enjoy seeing. And, um, you know, we can get your story on there well, as well. It's, uh, it's just something that I think is a real plus uh, to have a pet there all the time that, you know, cares about you and you care about it. Uh, that's a really good point. And I'm thinking back to, we just had the fifth annual New York Cat Film Festival. But over the years, I've each year had at least one film that was around that theme. And this year we have one called Jaden Trubbs about an autistic child who was, her life was really curtailed and her parents' life was curtailed. And they adopted a, a very unappealing kitty from the shelter who was shy and un, unaffectionate, if you will, and the child and the cat thrive together and change each other's lives. And there was another one, a, a quite amazing one. A, it was very artistic, very uh, hard to, it w wasn't like a narrative film. Here's what happened. But this cat, Brown Betty, helped a woman through severe depression. And another one, you know, somebody that had lost his leg and the cat made him... Uh, have a different attitude about it. And I think that it's really amazing because people think, oh, yeah, dogs are really great as a therapy animal, and dogs get you up and out, if you will. But cats, if you give them a chance, have a huge amount of ability to interact with you, to feel your emotions, to reflect back 
to you, emotions, is, is something that, ironically, it takes researchers to discover this, but the people who love their kitties know that their cats have been very connected to them and communicative with them all these years. And when you're going through a hard time, it's when you can most be aware of it because you're probably slowed down a little bit. I'm wondering about your cats at home and how, how if you can think back to 2009, 10, 11, when Kathy was going through the really harsh treatments, how did the cats deal with it? How, how were they there for her? You know, I think that, um, that part of the advantage is, is that, you know, if you're in bad enough shape, you, you can't really even care for your cats. If you're, you know, uh, I, I became the primary caregiver and, um, you know, the cats would, they would be there and they would jump up on, you know, lay on the bed beside her and, um, you know, it's just, um, it just adds a whole new dimension, uh, to, to dealing with that really struggling emotional state, uh, that you're in not only, uh, not only the person that's having the issues with the cancer, but interestingly enough, the caregiver, because it gives you an extra edge, if you will, because you feel hopeless as well. That's right. Sure you do. <laughs> or not hopeless, but helpless. Both. I Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you I know, think that's the overall. It is the overall. I, I yeah. just want to, we've run out of time, but I want to thank you for all the good that you're doing in the world for cats with your products, but also for, for everyone who has any kind of cancer. The Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation is doing great things for you and your family, but also for many other families and families in the years to come. Thank you so much for your generosity and thoughtfulness and very much continued miraculous good luck to Kathy. Well, Tracy, I really want to say a big thank you to you with your radio shows and all that you do to build awareness about the human-animal bond and how important that is and to bring the whole struggle of cancer to the forefront. Uh, you are a real blessing. Thank you so much. It is mutually felt, sir. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.